0: Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah Show number one thousand five hundred and
1: ninety-two. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah.
0: Hello, inspiring automotive enthusiasts, and welcome to Cars Yeah. I'm revved up and so excited to share with you today a very special guest. He's got me a little hungry, and you're going to find out why. His name is Randy Weiner. Randy is a SoCal automotive enthusiast and the founder and director of sales at Chronic Tacos, the Southern California chain of fast, casual Mexican food restaurants. That's why I'm so hungry. As the director of sales, Randy develops relationships with all of the franchisees working to continually grow the brand. Born and raised in Orange County, California... Randy grew up on authentic Mexican food and signature SoCal taquerias. It was his belief that the tastiest taquerias tended to be small, family-owned shops that led him to open his first taco shop using third-generation family recipes he acquired from a close family friend. Chronic Tacos was born when Randy was struck with the idea of made-to-order Mexican food that was both fast and fresh. I talked with Randy a little before our show, I grew up in Southern California love Mexican food down there. I got to get down and try some of his food as soon as we all get out of quarantine here. Uh, we'll be back in a minute to talk with Randy, but first a word from our sponsors that make this show possible. So sit tight, keep your appetite up. We're going to have some fun talking tacos and cars today. So we'll be right back. Did you know Covercraft is much more than car covers? They offer protection for the inside of your vehicles too. Sunscreens to keep your vehicles cool and protected from the sun's damaging UV rays. Dash pads that do the same, so your dash stays looking new without all those ugly cracks and fading. The seat covers that are easily removed for washing are awesome, but it's their custom-fit floor mats that I really love. Is your vehicle getting a little long in tooth? Well, there's no better way to give it a new car look than with a custom-fit floor mat and trunk mat. I replace mine every few years, with something a little different, contrasting just to have some fun. It stops that urge to buy a new car, and more importantly, it protects the factory carpets, so when it's time to sell your vehicle, it looks brand new. They're easy to clean, they secure to the floor for safety, and they look oh so good. Don't forget your trunk, too. Custom-fit trunk liners for sedans, coupes, and SUVs are perfect protection for the factory carpets from all those things that can stain and damage the floor of your vehicles. Check out Covercraft.com for a huge number of styles, colors, and options that'll make you smile. And I've got a deal for you. If you use the code ya 120 that's yeah H one two zero at Covercraft.com, you get 10% off your Covercraft order. So go to Covercraft.com today and use the code ya 120 at checkout. Tell them Mark sent you. That's Covercraft.com. Covercraft. They've got you covered. The fourth annual Saratoga Motor Car Auction will take place on Friday, September 18th, and Saturday, September 19th. It will be held at the Saratoga Performing Arts Center in the beautiful Saratoga Spa State Park, located in upstate New York. Presented by the Saratoga Automobile Museum, a not-for-profit institution, this live event continues to be the premier collector car auction for the Northeastern United States. Proceeds from the auctions help support the museum's educational programs and exhibits that engage, educate, and inspire the automotive community. To consign your vehicle, view current inventory, and register to bid, visit SaratogaMotorCarAuctions.org. There you can learn how finance partner J.J. Best Bank and insurer partner Haggerty can help put you in your dream vehicle. That's SaratogaMotorCarAuctions.org. What do you do after running a race team for 27 years with over a 100 professional wins, multiple wins at the 24-hour of Daytona, and a win at Le Mans? Well, if you're Kevin Buckler, racer and the racing group's team owner, you create Adobe Road Winery. Located in Petaluma, California, he and his team have created a winning combination with the Racing Series, four ultra-premium red wine blends that are in a class of their own. Like Racing, these wines comprise of art, precision, engineering, science, and a whole lot of fun. You can choose from four blends titled Redline, Apex, Shift, and the 24. Today I'm going to tell you about Redline. It's a rich and complex blend, delivering a taste of ripe blackberries, black cherry licorice, and a hint of toasty oak. An added very cool option is that this features the world's first interactive wine label. That's right. When you pour the wine, the three-dimensional tachometer actually hits the red line. It's incredible. The Racing Series is a killer gift for the automotive enthusiast in your life, and I've got a deal for you. If you use the code Cars, yeah. All one word, in all caps, when you go to checkout, you'll get $10 off any purchase of wines from the Racing Series. The wine ships promptly and arrives quickly right at your door. Use the code checkout for $10 off of your purchase today. There's always a seat at the table for excellence with the Racing Series. Go to adoberoadwines.com and use the code CARSYEAT to save $10 today. <laughs> Cheers! Hey Randy, welcome to Cars Yeah. Are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride?
1: Mark, I'm buckled up. I got a taco in my hand and I'm ready to roll.
0: (laughs) All right. Well, now I'm really hungry because it's getting toward dinner time here and I would love nothing more to sit down and talk cars with you and have a taco, maybe a Corona, a cerveza, something kind of fun, but uh, we'll do it over the phone here, over Skype, and we'll learn a lot more about you and your business. But before we get started, I want to ask you this. What's one little thing that most people don't know about you, Randy?
1: All right. I'm going to tell you something now. Don't laugh, but a lot of people don't know this, but I love horseback riding.
0: Horseback riding. Wow. Is that something that you do for fun or something you did as a kid?
1: Yes. So I grew up, you know, and there was horses around. Uh, my, My friend's mom's had horses, so there's always horses. And I would get on the back of them and have a good time. But when I grew up, I would go, you know, if I'm ever in Cabo, I'm riding horses on the beach full, just running, like about to fall off danger zone. (laughs) But I've always loved, I love, you know, getting on a horse and going, you know, through trails. So, you know, um, down here in Orange County, uh, San Juan has a, San Juan Capistrano has amazing little trails to go on horses. So I try to go do that as much as possible. But a lot of people don't believe me when I say I, I love horseback riding. It's like this passion I have. I want some horses. I want to <laughs> I want to have a little dude ranch.
0: Well, you know, you can always do that. The thing about horses though versus cars is horses need constant 24/7 cares. If you're Bored with a car, you could just park it for a year and come back and drive it later. Horses, horses are a, a lot of work. Oh my gosh! But they're certainly fun. I used to ride horses on the beach when I was living down in San Diego. I had a, a kind of a kind of a semi-girlfriend. At least I wanted her to be my girlfriend. I don't think she got the idea, but she had some horses, <laughs> and we would go riding from some stables there in Del Mar, and we would take it out by the Del Mar Fairgrounds and ride on the beach there. It was really mm-hmm. fun. I understand.
1: That's awesome. Yeah, very cool. I love it. Well,
0: I have no doubt someday you will have your own dude ranch. You'll serve tacos for lunch and Mm -hmm. uh, maybe quesadillas for dinner and uh, ride horses there. Uh, It sounds like a marvelous idea to me. Well, let's start here with a success quote or a mantra, some kind of saying that has meaning for you. Maybe it applies to the success you have in life. Uh, It's a nice way to get the uh, tires turning here on cars, yeah? or the horses running? So Randy, grab the wheel or the reins.
1: Well, let me see. So, my quote is going to be if you ain't first, you're last. And that's quoted from famous Ricky Bobby.
0: (laughs) Ricky Bobby. Well, it's kind of appropriate since finally they're running some NASCAR races again with all this quarantine. Uh, Let me ask you I mean, you're in a business sector, number one, restaurant industry. Oh my gosh, that's a tough business. Number two, at a pandemic where they close everything down. And we're going to talk about that effect on you and your business in a second. But also, I mean, in Southern California, there's a lot of Mexican food restaurants, a lot of great food down there. So how on earth do you position yourself to be first in such a competitive, challenging market?
1: You know, that's a great question. And, you know, you've got to be on top of your food, your service. You know, there's a lot of mom and pops, uh, uh, you know, Mexican food restaurants out there and, and you know, they're coming up with some really awesome recipes. They're bringing in these really cool chefs for these fast, casual restaurants. So we're constantly competing with these one-offs. And, and you know, part of our brand is being cool and edgy and being different. So, you know, we, we really focus it around the Day of the Dead. We do, you know, all our recipes are third generation. Um, from my, one of my best friends growing up with uh, his grandma's recipes. So we kept the recipes the same. But you've got to, you know, you've got to evolve. And you've got to keep the, the way the restaurant looks and you evolve with new lighting, new colors, new paints. And, and you've always want to be on top of, you know, what's cutting edge is what I say, but that's, what's important is consistency, the brand and, you know, making sure that when a customer comes back, they get the same thing that they got the last time. But, you know, it, it, that's what, how I feel on, on how to stay ahead and be number one is just always in it, always involved and always knowing you've got to evolve.
0: Yeah. You know, this is an important point for any kind of business, whether it's the food industry, automotive industry, whatever. Change is good. You've got to be evolving all the time. When I was in business school, I had the real pleasure of getting lecture to one day. They had a guest lecturer come in and it was a guy named Ray Kroc. Uh, I think he uh, started a little chain of restaurants or took took it to a global level called McDonald's. And that's one of the things he talked about. He said, you know, we don't really make the best hamburgers and fries and milkshakes, but we are consistent. Our customers, no matter where they are, they know exactly what they're going to get. And that's what they enjoy. The other thing was he talked about clean restaurants. People kind of like that. Makes them feel mm-hmm. good about what they're eating. But let's let's talk a little bit more about this business of yours. First and foremost, chronic Tacos. Where did that name come from? Well, you know, so
1: everyone asks me that. That's always the big question. Yeah. So chronic tacos is it means the best in in I'd say slang. So you've got like, oh, that's chronic. You know, I want that chronic. It's so good. It's the best. Yeah. Excessive. You want it. You'll crave it. Um, it's also a family name. So my son, my first son, his mother's name was chronic. We were never married. That's their last name, spelled C R O N I C K. Okay. My last name is Weiner. So on his birth certificate, it was Jacob Chronic Weiner.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh. What a legacy. That's hilarious.
1: (laughs) Oh, is that for real? Or did you just make that up? No, that is for real. So we ended up, my son, when he got older, who works for us, he's uh, one of our our top guys. He's been with me. You know, he was picking up tacos when he was nine, and now he's 26. And. There you go. He's in operations, and he's amazing. But um, when he grew up, he's like, Dad, you know, I really love the chronic last name. Do you mind if I keep the chronic and, 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 and remove the whiner? I said, go ahead, son. I get it.
0: <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's yeah, hilarious. Yeah, true story. That is so funny. True fu- story. Oh, man. That, that cracks me up. Well, let's talk a little bit about how this pandemic has affected you uh, you know i mostly i have automotive business people who own automotive businesses on this show but i liked having you on the show and we're going to talk more about your fascination and your enthusiasm for cars in a little bit later in the show but i'd like to know i mean how has this affected you how have you worked around this to stay alive stay in business and how are you feeling about where the future is going right now as things start to kind of ease but kind of not
1: Yeah, uh, you know, it's a good question. And I think, you know, everyone in in business, small business to large business, it was the unknown, you know, not knowing, you know, is this going to go away? Is this real? Is this, you know, so in the very beginning, when this started, this pandemic, you know, we jumped on it and we were, we looked, you know, saying this could be, what's the worst case scenario? Let's work on that. So, you know, we, we immediately contacted landlords in all our restaurants and said, Hey, we feel as, you know, something's going to, you know, people are going to stop coming to restaurants. We need to have backups. We need to watch our cash flow. We need to cut, you know, costs where we can. We need to be prepared for closure. And um, so, you know, we're, we were lucky um, because we're a fast casual. So we already do a lot of takeout and, and don't get me wrong. Dining is about 50% of our service. So, you know, people would say to me, Oh my gosh, you guys are doing great. Cause you have this big line out the door and I'd have to say, well, no, you know, it's just takeout, and we we only let a couple people in the restaurant at the time. So it, it looks like you're very very busy because you've got twenty thirty people waiting outside. Right. But it's you know it, we're we're following the guidelines. Sure. So we prepared right away, and you know my partner Mike, you know really jumped on it on the financial side of it to make sure that we were going to be cash flow okay. Yeah. And yeah. Whether that's you know ha- you know you know it, it, you know letting letting uh employees with less hours, but you know, taking care of them, you know, the employees is so important to take care of them because we knew when this ended, we were going to need them back.
0: Oh, no kidding.
1: Yeah. So it was making sure you take care of everybody and your family and your employees and and making sure that you let them know because they didn't know what was going on. So making sure the employees knew that, Hey, we're going to get through this. And, you know, back in 08 when the economy crashed, we went through it there too. Yeah, and yeah. we thrived. We had, you know, some stores that definitely we felt it in sales. Uh, there's no, there's, you know, that's the way it is right now. And, yeah. but we've learned from it. So we've learned how to perfect our takeout and our third party uh, deliveries and the systems. And this has really put us to focus in on these third parties and deliveries and takeouts. And, you know, and we already had all the systems set up, but, it just got better. It was like oiling the machine, you know, and getting it rolling and the employees getting used to that. Now our takeout is, you know, you walk in, get your food, but there's no dining. So all of our, our time and and went into this, the takeout and improving our services and, and making it better. And, uh, you know, I feel, and we see the numbers now they're coming back. People are, you know, the customers are coming back out. The guests are coming back to restaurants. Nice. Now, we didn't open our dining rooms on the East Coast. I we opened up like you know ten percent of the dining room mm-hmm. here in California. We still keep them closed because we want to make sure that we keep it safe and you know we want to have the adequate employees to make sure the tables are clean and sanitized. And there's a lot of rules and guidelines. Yeah. So you know we thought let's just keep the takeout going. You know it's paying the bills and um, you know we've been really lucky with our franchise partners. They've been amazing. Um, it, you know across the states. You know we're in three countries. So. From Japan to Canada to the U.S., we've got amazing franchise partners that, you know, we were on the phones with them every day, making sure that everything's taken care of and they're okay, giving them as much support, support as possible. But they were really good partners and had really good employees, and uh, they all did a great job in this pandemic. And, and our team, you know, our corporate team, our employees here, uh, you know, they're all in restaurants working, and, and uh, we, uh, you know, we, we weathered the storm. And I hope uh, it just gets better from now and it doesn't go backwards, but we'll see how that goes.
0: Don't we all? Well, you know, you dropped some really big value bombs. And again, being in the restaurant business, uh, being in any business, if you're an automotive business, uh, the automotive sector, whether your business is small or big, one of the things I heard you say was to be prepared, pre- be proactive. Don't just sit back and wait and see what happens. You've got to sit down. And the fact that you guys sat down and said, what's the absolute worst? okay. How about the government says no more sit-in dining ever again? Okay. How do we change our business to function around that? Yeah. And then go from there. And I believe the companies that have been able to pull off some success after talking with as many people as I talk to every day are the ones that really think that way. They think what could be the worst. It's kind of the old, what's that, uh, the Boy Scouts motto, uh, be prepared, you know, always uh, expect the best, but plan for the worst, I guess. I'm probably saying it backwards, yeah. but, but that's the idea. So I, I feel so happy for you guys that you've pulled this off and, and also supporting your franchisees and more importantly, supporting your employees. I, I hear a lot of companies say, oh, the customer is most important. And I've always said, no, no, no. It's your employees because they make your customer experience happy. And you know that in the restaurant resident business, all it takes is one bad server and nobody they won't come back uh they'll destroy yep. it for a lot of work so my hats off to you guys for what you have pulled off let's talk about a challenge or a failure that you've perhaps faced along the way in your business now we've hit on two already two big ones the recession in 08, 09, and then the pandemic is there a particular situation in your life you've really kind of pushed you back on your heels that you came through and you learned a really valuable
1: lesson that you could
0: take forward in a positive way
1: Yeah, I have so many of them, but I'll start with one of my first businesses I I ventured into, and it was actually in the car business, and um, it was a valet company. Uh I started a valet company for Nordstrom's in Santa Ana, and I felt there was a need for parking these really fancy cars in this mall. Mm -hmm. So I went to Nordstrom's, I went to the general manager and said, I've got a great idea. You know, your guests can afford it, and all these fancy cars, they don't want to walk through the parking lot let me do a valet service here. I've never did a valet. It was my first, it was my first <laughs> business I owned. I had no idea what I was doing. And uh, I just pitched it. Yeah. And they loved it. And so they hired my company. I, I walked out of the meeting saying, Oh, my gosh, I got to go get insurance and all this <laughs> yeah. stuff and find employees. <laughs> so I ended up opening the valet company. And what was really awesome about it is Because I was parked, you know, at that time, I was in my early twenties. It was my first business. Yeah. And, um, I was parking Ferraris and, and my insurance would only cover so much. Uh, you can't park a, a car worth, you know, a certain amount of dollars. Right. So I could only park it about 10 feet with my insurance, but it was still, it, it, you know, it got me into cars a lot getting into these, these fancy cars that laid.
0: So is that why they always park the most expensive cars right up front at the restaurants in the, it's because those expensive cars can't be moved away further than 10 feet.
1: So there's two reasons. The restaurants tell the valet to do that because it looks good for the business. Yep. Um, So we'll park them up there. But sometimes, you know, if you have to drive the car to another parking lot, like across the street where I was. Yeah. So when I parked, I had to have my guys drive it to a whole other parking lot and then run back. And it was, you know, it wasn't a, you know, it was a good minute drive. So, but yes, that can be a case for some, depending on where it parks. I see. But I was doing very well with Nordstrom's valet. Well, all of a sudden, the other sides of the mall, Macy's and the movie theaters, that was a, a two dollar movie, very cheap movie theater, yeah. they wanted valet because it's not fair that Nordstroms has valet. <laughs> okay. So the mall came to me and said, Randy, you know, we're gonna need to expand your operation. Oh. And at first I was like, Oh gosh, that sounds awesome. Yeah. But then I started doing some due diligence and started, you know, thinking the people on the other side of the mall, the guests, the customer they can't afford ballet and there's nothing wrong with that. They it's just there's not a yeah. need for it over there where right. the movie theater was and it didn't fit my demographic for my business. There you go. So the mall said, You have to do it or you have to close. Oh my gosh. So wow. I ended up doing it and it didn't work. Yeah, and yeah. uh you know, I ended up I got lucky, I ended up selling it and the guy did pretty well, but you know, for me, it wasn't enough cash flow. It just didn't make sense to have to expand with more employees and you you know, you're talking 15 to 20 drivers. Oh, of course. So, each station it, it just didn't pencil out and yeah. so I learned from that and what I felt I learned was you have to assess all the risks that can happen. You've got to, you know, if you don't fail to plan, you plan to fail.
0: <laughs> exactly.
1: And that's where I I feel like I should have I, I had it in my gut that this wasn't going to work and I should have stuck to my gun. Yeah. Um, and I feel I've learned from that. So when I have a landlord or somebody who says, you know what, you're gonna have to do this, mm-hmm. I think it's important to to hold your ground and say, you know what, this doesn't pencil out and then right. do your research and have uh you know, have the, the appropriate data to say this is why. So I would have done things different. So that was a real lesson in life, I believe, in my early twenties on my first business venture. Um, and that, and I learned from that.
0: Isn't it amazing how our instincts are almost always 100% right? Uh, e- even when everyone around you is telling you to do something else, that little voice, that little gut feeling is telling you one thing. And almost every time I've gone against that gut feeling— Failure. Uh it, it hasn't yeah. worked out. So yeah, absolutely. You know, it comes back to that uh class I had in college with Ray Croc and he asked the question of the class, What kind of business do you think McDonald's is in? And people would raise their hands, uh, hamburgers? No. Restaurant? No. French fries, milkshakes? No, no, no. We're in the real estate business. And then he went ahead to explain how the revenue stream works and what it was all about. And everybody in that classroom, we're all just kind of, you know, young college kids. We didn't know anything. And we're like, oh, that's interesting. I never even thought about that. So, uh, yeah, go with your instincts. Go with what you know, because we all know that McDonald's, just like a Starbucks, and I'm sure for you guys, location is key. You've got to be in the right place. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Very cool story. Thanks for sharing that. Let's take a short break and thank our sponsors. And when we come back, we're going to talk cars. Even though I wish I had a taco sitting here, I'm getting more and more hungry, but I got to come down there and visit you soon. So we'll be right back. Sit tight, everybody. My favorite collector car magazine is Keith Martin's Sports Car Market. I've been a subscriber for decades. Sports Car Market is the Wall Street Journal for enthusiasts and collectors. It's your monthly must-read Whether you dream of owning a collector car, maybe you have two, or maybe you've got 200. Sports Car Market has been around for 31 years, and it's filled with valuable articles, intelligent write-ups, and the latest auction sales. Go to sportscarmarket.com and subscribe today. And don't miss my weekly podcast with Keith Martin titled Buy, Sell, Hold. It's the essence of collecting. We talk to the movers and shakers in the collector car world. Here's a couple deals I have for you just for listening here on Cars Yeah. If you use the checkout code Cars Yeah, you'll receive a 50% discount on your digital subscription at Sports Car Market. That's an exclusive offer from Cars Yeah. And guess what? Here's another deal. If you'd like to get the actual magazine, use the code BSH for buy, sell, hold. That's code BSH and you'll get $10 off your annual print subscription. That's right. $10 off. Both of these are exclusive offers here at Cars yeah for Sports Car Market Magazine. Just go to sportscarmarket.com and get your deals today. Let's step away from the conversation and talk about our charity of choice here at Cars yeah, America's Automotive Trust. America's Automotive Trust is a group of like-minded nonprofits that are working together to preserve and promote car culture across the country. Together, they provide scholarships and grants to aspiring technicians and restoration artists. They provide youth education programs and bring communities together through auto-related events, car shows, and drives. Among these nonprofits is TechForce Foundation, a great organization dedicated to solving the technician shortage that threatens the transportation industry today. By providing career development resources and increasing awareness and enthusiasm for the tech profession, TechForce is bringing bright young students into the auto diesel aviation marine motorcycle motorsports and restoration worlds to date they've awarded more than 10 million dollars in scholarships and grants to tech students and in times like these i don't have to tell you how essential those techs are keeping our delivery and emergency vehicles running and keeping america rolling to learn more about tech force or to make a donation to this cause visit www.techforce.org you'll be glad you did If you're like me, investments, insurance, annuities, budgeting, and other financial concepts may seem a bit daunting, but what if I told you there's a book that describes these subjects and more in an easy-to-read and a very humorous way? My friend Chris Kimball, CFP, a longtime sponsor and past guest here on Cars has written that book, and it's titled The Saga of Ike and Penny, A Couple's Humorous Journey Through the Confusing World of Finance. It's a fun look at things you need to know, everything from investing to effective ways to get rid of credit card debt and it's probably the only book on finance with a v-max on the front cover and a classic mini cooper on the back the book's available at amazon for just ten dollars and this book will dramatically improve the direction of your financial future i gave copies to each of my children all securities are through money concepts capital corp christopher kimball financial services is not affiliated with money concepts capital corp get your copy the saga of ike and penny today (laughs) All right, Randy, we're back. I would love for you to talk a little bit about cars because I know you're a car guy. You've had some cool cars. You have some cool cars. But what was that pivotal moment in your life when you knew that you
1: were indeed going to be a car guy? So I just turned 18 years old. I just had my first son and I had to go get a real job. And my buddy was working at Jiffy Lube. I got a job at Jiffy Lube. It's very, this is a crazy story because the Jiffy Lube that I first started my career path is right down the street in Aliso Viejo where my office for Chronic Tacos is today. I mean, it is a mile away. Really? Wow. Yes. I was 18 years old. I started at Jiffy Lube making $5 an hour washing windows and checking tire pressure <laughs> and vacuuming the inside of the car while they were getting their oil changed. Okay. I worked my way up at Jiffy Lube and became one of the youngest managers in the nation with Jiffy Lube. The franchisee out here owned about fourteen Jiffy Lubes and they took me under their wing and taught me everything about business. Wow And I got to you know work on cars. So I started out at Windows, then I became you know the lower Bay technician and doing transmission service and oil change and uh, differential service. And then I was up top, you know, selling, you know, uh, transmission services and doing, you know, your four four point inspection, very easy, you know, stuff, but very fun. And I got to drive old cars, new cars, and I got to get in every single kind of car you could think of and really assess the car. And it was so cool. So I became a manager, and I worked at Jiffy Lube for years. And they taught me how to run a business. They taught me how to read P&Ls. You know, I don't have a college education, and they taught me business 101, and it was awesome. And I I, I was so excited to have that and be able to work on cars, and I loved it. And you know, after that, I ended up opening up my valet company uh, when I left Jiffy Lube. But well, I, I always go back to those days with Jiffy Lube that I I got to work on cars. It got me into cars. And, um, and I learned how to run a business. So it was really fun. Well, you know, it's
0: pretty cool. So I would assume on your wall, it says MBA Jiffy Lube university. Uh,
1: because <laughs> I, I tell everybody in interviews, like I learned, I didn't go to college. I learned from Jiffy Lube and, and, uh, they ended up selling all their stores, uh, to a big Jiffy Lube guy. Uh-huh. But I always, I, I wish I could run into them again and, and just say thank you to yeah. them. Cause it was a, it was a big life experience and it really set me up open up my own businesses and go on my own
0: yeah when you work at a company and they take you under your wing and they teach you a lot of things obviously it's because of who you were as well Uh, not every associate or employee uh, has that kind of interest or aptitude they just some just want to come in do their job and go home but you obviously had much greater thoughts in mind well let's talk about your first really special vehicle i know you've had some very cool cars in your life but what was the first vehicle that you got that you went ah man finally got this thing
1: yeah it's uh this is this is uh this is my my baby, my car. So I've had a lot of different cars when I was young and from a I think my first old car was a 66 uh, Cadillac Coupe DeVille that I found on the side of the road for 800. dollars <laughs> yeah. And uh that was fun and then I had a 1964 Ford pickup that was nice. Um that was fun, but, but the car that got me was I was um mid twenties. And there was a, a 1963 Lincoln Continental on the side of the road in Costa Mesa, California. And I would drive by it every day. And I'm like, Oh, I love that car. I love that car. But it was red. It was a big, bright red car, hmm. Lincoln. Okay, And uh, with white walls, it's gorgeous. And I loved it. And it was $6,000. And wow. at that time I, I had no money. Yeah. It was expensive. And, uh, yeah. It was, uh, it was expensive at that time. You know, this is over 20 years ago. And uh, about 20 years ago, and I ended up going, uh, knocking on the door saying, I, I want to buy this Lincoln. Does it run? And they're like, yeah, it runs. You just need a battery. I'm like, oh my gosh, I love this car. I don't have $6,000, but I, you know, what's the lowest you can get? And they said, I'll take 4,500. So I go, okay, I'll be back. Don't sell it, please. So I leave, I call my, my, one of my best buds and I say, please, I'll pay you back. I got to get this car. He's like, no problem. He loans me $4,500. I go buy the Lincoln. Wow. And it's now my everyday driver. It drove, I put a new battery in it and I drove that thing every single day. And then I started a clothing company and that red Lincoln ended up being parked in front of my clothing company, uh, my warehouse and my shop. And it became like, Oh yeah. Chronic industries with the red Lincoln, the red Lincoln became known for chronic. (laughs) And, and I put a big red sticker on the back chronic industries. And uh, I was a licensee for Disney and Mattel and I had this big clothing uh, outlet and warehouse and my car was always parked in front and, uh, it became a staple. It was there for years. And, uh, and so that is my baby, and that was the first classic car that I just fell in love with. And, uh,
0: and those things third. had the suicide doors, right? Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, I mean, that's a lot of car to wash and wax. I <laughs> I know because I've done a couple yeah. of them way back when I was in college and making money to go to school. And oh, those cars just go on forever.
1: Yeah, it's a big car. It's almost 20 feet long, 19 and a half. Oh, my
0: gosh. That's crazy. Well, that sounds like a pretty cool car, and a cool car to have as kind of an iconic business visual for people as well. It's something that they don't forget. I'm going to get into your head a little bit here, Randy. Uh, If you woke up tomorrow and you were a vehicle, what would you be and
1: why? Wow. So if I woke up, I would be a Rolls-Royce Phantom.
0: Okay, there you go. That's a jump. A Rolls
1: Royce Phantom. Now, why a why a Rolls Royce and why a Phantom? Well, um, uh, I had a Phantom, and it was my favorite newer car that I've ever had. And the reason why I pick a, a Rolls Royce is because of the quality mm. and it's handmade. Yeah. And the the you cannot you know compare these cars to you know Mercedes. It's night and day. There's no you can't even compare quality of a rolls royce in my opinion mm-hmm. it's just to me that's quality and quality to me is everything yeah, and yeah. Uh, and in being handmade i just in a phantom it's one of their bigger ones i i love the big rolls royce it's 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 a beautiful car
0: you know i had never driven well i take this back back when i was in high school i had a customer I was detailing cars. This is how I paid for my surfboards and my tacos. And uh, this lady had bought a brand new Rolls Royce Corniche when they came out in the 70s, the convertible, which is kind of a big mm-hmm. deal. And she let me pick it up at her place, and I drove it back to my house. And I remember pulling up in front of my house. My mom came out and she about lost it. She's like, oh, my gosh, you can't be driving a car that's this expensive. I think it was $150,000 in 1974 uh yeah yeah. yeah. i mean it was just more than i think what my parents paid for their house and uh my mom Uh, was just having a fit and i'll tell you driving that car was cool but i'd not driven one again until probably about 10 years ago maybe eight years ago and rolls royce loaned me a car for the weekend uh, a big phantom and i drove it home you feel like a king when you're driving one of those things i mean
1: yeah it's it's yeah, for sure. Yeah,
0: and I spent the whole weekend driving all my neighbors around. Everyone wanted to come <laughs> over and ride in the back seat. I, I put a lot of miles in that car one weekend. It was certainly fun, but it almost didn't fit my garage.
1: It was over 20 feet long. It was huge. Well, I'll tell you a funny story. I had a house in San Clemente, California. I bought my Rolls-Royce Phantom. I had a Bentley before that, Arnage Bought the Phantom. It didn't fit in my garage. <laughs> I believe it. I had to move, move, I moved because of my Rolls Royce into a house that could fit in because I couldn't (laughs) make the garage bigger because of where all my washing machines were. It was a nightmare, but I couldn't roll my garage door down because the bumper stuck out.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This car, I had to park it kind of at an angle and move two of my cars out of the garage. Yeah. They're, they're big yeah. cars. They're big cars. That's for sure. Well, Randy, we're in yeah. what I call the last lap. I'm going to have you fire off some very quick answers for me and uh, kind of like some quick blips of that phantom throttle. So here we go. What's one of your personal habits you believe has contributed to your successes in business?
1: Positive. I'm positive. I wake up positive. Absolutely. Stay positive. Really, you know, put positive energy out there and you get it back.
0: Great attitude. How about if I could arrange for you to have a drink or a meal with anyone in the automotive industry, living or
1: deceased? Who would it be? You know, I think it would be really cool to meet, like, Mr. Harley and Mr. Davidson back in the day because I feel (laughs) that they're just innovators. And it would be so cool to have a beer with these guys Yeah. because I feel like, you know, they just they invented this motorcycle and it was so ahead of their time. And I think it would be really cool to meet them.
0: Now here'd be a cool thing. Sit down at one of your restaurants, have a cerveza with those two guys and the Dodge brothers.
1: Oh my gosh. (laughs) That would be awesome. It could be a little
0: rowdy. I think, how about the best automotive advice someone else has ever given you? What would that be?
1: Uh, Get a second opinion.
0: (laughs) (laughs) now is this on buying a car?
1: (laughs) No, I've had cars so many times I've, you know, one mechanic tells me one thing, another one tells me another, so I always get a second opinion. Yeah. And also, yes, also on buying cars too. I've gone through cars that, you know, it's it you gotta get a second opinion because if yeah. you get a lemon, you're really
0: Well, I'll tell you, I've I have several friends who call me the car doctor and and when they call me or text me, the first thing they say is, Is the doctor in? And I'll go, Uh oh, what are you looking at buying now? <laughs> and they're usually yeah. their next words are talk me out of this, please. So, awesome. uh, now the only guy that doesn't do that is I do a second podcast called Buy Sell Hold with Keith Martin from Sports Car Market Magazine. We do it every week on mm-hmm. Tuesdays. We talk to leaders in the industry and he never asks for my opinion. He just goes out and buys these cars. He does, you know, they have the pre purchase inspection, the PP, yes. PPI. He yeah, does yeah. the PPI, yeah. it's the post purchase inspection. He never inspects a car. <laughs> Always finds out there's all this stuff that's needed. I don't know why he keeps doing it, but that's his MO. Uh, Yeah, post-purchase inspection. Don't do it that way. Do it the other way. Yeah, get a second opinion. How about a resource, uh, Randy? Is there a resource that's a good go-to for you that might help some of our listeners? You
1: know, I love love J-Star Motors in Anaheim. They sell cars. They've got anything you need, and they're just a they're a bunch of great guys. Good family that owns it, um, and J Star in Anaheim. Okay, I, I love those guys. All right, we'll
0: do a shout out to J Star in Anaheim. Sounds great. How about a book? Is there a book you've read you think our listeners could learn a lot from?
1: You know, um, this is kind of off topic, but I, I did an audio book when I was traveling to Japan, and it was on it was it was on humans. It was on it's called Sapien, and it was just really cool to listen. You know how humans started and then where we get to today and just how it you know humans evolved it's pretty cool that that's that's what i got
0: yeah um that book i think it's subtitled a brief history of humankind is that the book i'm thinking about it's by a guy named harari
1: i believe i think so my business partner was listening to it and then got me starting listening to it and It was amazing. It was really cool.
0: My son told me about that book. Yes, I I can't remember the guy's first name. It's something really different, but yes, uh, definitely a great book. Well, I'll remind our listeners I'll put a link to that on Randy's show notes page here on the Cars website. By the way, there's a place on my website called Guest Recommended Books, where all my inspiring automotive enthusiasts have recommended great books to read. There's over 1,600 books linked there. You can go there and pick out all sorts of cool stuff, just like Sapien, which you should definitely read i need to read that as well all right we're up to the checkered flag here my friend i'm gonna buy you a cool car today i'm feeling very generous i'm gonna buy you whatever you like whatever cool collectible car you would like to have doesn't matter where it is or how much it costs but there's a few rules if you've listened to cars yeah one is you can't sell it to fund another part of your business or your college education or whatever you want to spend money on uh you have to drive it i don't like garage queens i want something you will enjoy uh but here's the hard part it's the only one cool collector car you can have so it needs to tick all those boxes what can i buy you randy
1: okay this is what i want a 1932 cadillac v16 fleetwood sedan (laughs) <laughs> my favorite car in the world.
0: Wow, you know you're a very eclectic guy. I I, I find this very interesting because listeners, um, there's a rat rod picture you'll find on Randy's show notes page on the Cars yeah! website website. Uh, it's a very unique mix of Dodge pieces and parts. He also talked about owning a Phantom. He's had Lamborghinis, but you're old school, my friend. I mean, a 32. I mean, I know why you chose this car because if any of you have ever been around one of these things. They're spectacular. And I'll tell you what, I have friends who have cars like this that they make wonderful touring cars. They're reliable. They they haul ass. They're super nice. They're quiet. They're luxurious, but they're very reliable. But what is it about that for a guy like you? I mean, it just, it doesn't fit your persona as I see you, but,
1: but maybe it does. You know, I feel I have an old soul. Okay. And, you know, the Rolls Royce, is, you know, the Cadillac of that time period, yeah. you know, it, seems, yeah. it looks the same kind, but, but like you said, Cadillac, they're reliable. It's a beautiful, it's like sitting on your most comfortable couch going to the store. Yes. It's just, and it's heavy, it's strong, it's built, you know, it's not plastic.
0: Yeah, no,
1: you know, it is right. And it's strong. And to me, it's beautiful. It's sexy. That's a, that's just a, that's a man's car and they built it so well you just don't get that anymore so i'm and, guessing and,
0: we're talking about the like the 425b i mean it's just mm, yeah, yeah pretty yeah uh, i remember seeing a green one sitting on the lawn at pebble years ago uh, mm. and i love that hood ornament they have of that it's like it's like the spirit of ecstasy but she's leaning way forward
1: Way, yeah yeah, yeah cool oh, so cool such a gorgeous car Uh, That's my car. That's the one.
0: Okay. Well, I'm going to find that. I I have a good time driving down the Coast Highway (laughs) to bring that car to you. Uh, I will pull up in front of one of your restaurants and uh, chronic tacos and enjoy some tacos. And uh, yeah, have a nice time. Uh, nice choice, my friend. That's that's very, very thank cool. You. Randy, you've taken us on a great ride today. I've really enjoyed getting to know you better. I want to thank you for spending some evening an evening with me here. Uh, is there a little parting piece of wisdom or guidance you might offer our listeners before you cruise on down the coast highway there in SoCal in that 32 Cadillac?
1: Uh, Yes, I always say, do what feels good in life and always take care of each other.
0: Uh, Nicely said, especially in these times. What's the best way for our listeners to learn more about Chronic Tacos and where they can find a great meal at your restaurants?
1: Yeah, come to our website, uh, ChronicTacos.com, and we're on all social media platforms. But uh, ChronicTacos.com is our website. Give you all the locations where we're at and how to get a hold of us.
0: Absolutely. Well, next time I'm down in SoCal and I'm going to be coming down there actually in the next couple months and my mom uh lives near you so and my sister I'll have to take them both out to uh, a lunch or a dinner and we'll have a meal at your place. Randy, thank you for being so generous today with your time and expertise and for sharing your enthusiasm, your positivity. Uh it's it's very engaging and I really appreciate it. Until you and I talk again, my friend, I'll see you down the road. Thanks, Mark. You're welcome.